Welcome. It's a pleasure to introduce you to the July edition of Clinical Medicine, uh, an edition which is as packed as ever before, if not more so given the fact that a lot of what we're also including in this editorial podcast is some of the material which is online only, rather than just focusing on the print content. This is the first edition to have a large volume of online content, and I'll begin by discussing some of the papers in there. Inevitably, there's a very large COVID focus, and it reflects a huge range of activity. There is material around clinical presentations still, um, for example, the sudden deterioration seen with uh, the development of thromboembolic disease. But alongside that, there are important scientific uh, subtext papers, which give the background to why thromboembolic disease occurs preferentially in COVID. Alongside that, there is a, another paper on the mechanism of the renin angiotensin activation and how that may be a potential future uh, target for treatment of the virus. So there are important clinical and scientific papers, but there's also the invention that COVID seems to have brought out in our colleagues. Acta and Ricketts, colleagues in London, have described the use of an antiviral filter attached to a pleural drain bottle to limit aerosol generation. As you will know, pleural drainage tubes uh, allow expulsion of uh, large droplets from the venting section of the bottle into the environment. And this can of course lead to contamination of patients and staff. And what they've described is a very nice system of an antiviral filter, uh, essentially repurposed from an anesthetic machine, um, being attached to the venting port of an underwater seal drain bottle uh, to limit this risk. And so, a simple but elegant description of how uh, practice can be influenced. This kind of personal story is developed in a paper by Dr. Chen from Madrid um, describing uh, how ultrasound findings, lug ultrasound in particular, can correlate with progression of COVID with time. This is a very personal description as you will see from reading uh, the manuscript. Uh, but it also shines light on the potential for uh, monitoring and stratification in the resurgent phases of the virus that we may be facing in time. At this current stage of the pandemic, um, with the peak of cases seemingly having abated before any future resurgence may occur, it appears that the return of um, staff is going to be a, a tricky proposition and the return of services um, is going to be equally difficult in terms of being able to open up the patients willing to come to hospitals again. And doing this in a way which is protective without being wasteful is an important consideration. And it is a real pleasure, therefore, to have a piece by the gastroenterologists representing the British Society of Gastroenterology on the reintroduction of endoscopic services. This is relevant to all physicians, since although we may not all do craft procedures like endoscopy, we're certainly all involved with providing uh, increasingly complex services to our patients. And it really offers a, a chance to see how colleagues have worked together to wrestle with the uh, questions around these two critical factors, keeping staff and patients safe whilst being judicious in the use of PPE. And it's really a very important piece to reflect how services can be, uh, can be used and treasured there's also another piece by uh, Sharma and colleagues in Manchester, renal transplant colleagues, who in their manuscript describe how using available registry data uh, to project the potential impact of COVID-19 
on um, UK kidney transplant activity. And it makes the important point that there will be a call for increased transplantation activity once we are out of lockdown, but also points to that potential um, mountain that is there facing us in terms of clinical services, both emergent and chronic, um, that have been put to a side. So this combination of highlighting the problems as well as potentially uh, presenting approaches to it is really one of the key things that we like to pride ourselves in being able to, to feature in ClinMed articles. Alongside that, uh, we are also delighted to have papers on serological testing uh, on, and on the opportunities for um, service redesign. There are a whole range of manuscripts which we really encourage you to read in the COVID section, and they're all uh, rapid reports. So please do engage with that. We're delighted to say that our turnaround time is now um, two, two and a half weeks to make a first decision with papers. So as well as reflecting what is currently in practice and what's on the horizon. We hope this also inspires the authors amongst you uh, to be inclined to submit. What else is there in the edition? Well, we're delighted to have um, a piece on patient safety by Simpson and colleagues who will summarise the recent guidelines um, and they highlight the introduction of a patient health steroid emergency treatment card uh, for treating patients uh, with adrenal insufficiency. The challenge of uh, incorporating these treatment cards into practice uh, is discussed in the accompanying editorial by RCP's own John Dean, and it's a really an important area um, in this long vexed topic of emergency management of the patient with uh, with Addison's. All in all, there's a, a range of um, of articles which we are really pleased to present, focusing on the future aspects of care beyond COVID, a return to the normal life as we envisage it in clinical practice. In addition, uh, in a very personal way, there's a return uh, in terms of the journal, I mean personal, the CME series, which we had to temporarily uh, put a pause on for the previous edition. Um, and this features uh, a novel development, but one we're really proud of. Normally the um, sections are curated by a senior um, person in the speciality. This is a neurology CME. And we're delighted to have had trainee colleagues to help curate uh, and choose the uh, the topics in this one. Uh, the usual accompanying um, CME articles and the multiple choice uh, single best answer style questions. But it's a really an important development for us um, that trainees are involved with defining this part of the journal. Complementing that, we are also delighted to have launched our um, foundation year column with Adam Trulove uh, leading the way on this. Um, this is intended to, to be targeted towards those uh, late year students and early year junior doctors uh, to reflect frontline experiences. They are mostly going to be pieces based around an exposure on the ward and the ethical or clinical uh, dimension that that contact has, has thrown up. This first piece is actually a help piece, a sequence of bullet points almost for the new staff who begin in August, some of whom were uh, student starters in June during the height of the pandemic. And it's a set of instructions on how to be a competent F1. And finally, there is a, there are a pair of articles in the print edition on how junior doctors address their consultant and um, what 
does it mean to use a first name of a senior colleague? Um, and also a piece reflecting the training experience on the higher specialist training and the potential gaps that there, there are in both specialist and general medical training. So lots there to enjoy. Please do um, partake of this. One of the joys of ClinMed is being able to dip in and dip out. Those of you who receive a print copy would have received it in the compostable bag for the first time, or it will arrive with you with a in due course. Um, and those of you who choose to um, keep the green flag flying uh, can choose to opt out by logging into your section of the uh, RCP website and uh, under your own preferences clicking the opt out of print copy uh, version. But please do continue to read the journal in whichever format you do and of course equally to feedback to us. Thanks very much indeed.